Hello everybody and welcome back to The Differential. I hope you're all as excited as I am to have the Premier League back in full swing. What a great weekend of games that we got to see. There were some great matchups, some really surprising results from some new teams that are back in the top flight after a long time away. I'm sure you know exactly who I'm talking about. Looking at you Leeds fans. Let's get into it and let's start breaking down how everybody did this week in Fantasy Premier League. So let's take a look at some of the games that we got to see in this first week of the Premier League season. Starting off, we had Arsenal against Fulham. Arsenal ended up coming out 3-0 winners against Fulham. They generally looked okay. It took them a little bit to get started. Fulham looked as bad as I could remember from the last time they were in the Premier League. And you saw some familiar faces on the score sheet for Arsenal. Aubameyang always going to pop up with goals. Lacazette on the score sheet scoring the first goal of this new Premier League season. And then the new signing for Arsenal, Gabriel, getting his name on the score sheet in his first start for the club. Willian also popped up with three assists, which was very surprising. We'll end up talking about him a little bit later. He will definitely be one to watch moving forward. But in general, I think the key takeaways are Arsenal are looking a whole lot better under Mikel Arteta, and Fulham have a little bit more that they need to do if they hope to stay up in the Premier League this season. Next, if we move on to Crystal Palace and Southampton, Palace ended up coming out 1-0 winners over Southampton with Wilfred Zaha popping up with the goal. Everybody always likes to think that Wilfred Zaha is a great asset, but for me, he's just a little bit too hit or miss. He's very hot and cold. You never know exactly what he's going to do on any given day. He could show up some game weeks and look like the best player you've ever seen in your life. In other days, he's completely missing. You want to file a missing persons report for Wilfred Zaha on the pitch because he just doesn't do anything. I think there's a great player in there somewhere, but for me, I'm going to shy away from him immediately because there is no guarantee that he will be at Crystal Palace by the time this transfer window ends. The surprise game of the weekend, at least on Saturday, or for me in general, was Liverpool against Leeds. I said last week in the pod that I wanted Liverpool and Leeds to just have a great game, and I wish they could both lose if that was a possibility. I know that's a little bit crazy to say, but it still ended up being a lot more exciting than I ever hoped it would be. Liverpool looks a little shaky defensively, and you can tell by the fact that Leeds scored three goals against them. I know that Leeds are the champions of the Premiership, of the Championship rather, but Liverpool should be doing a whole lot better, especially with the money that they've spent in defense and on their squad in general. Mohamed Salah popped up with a hat trick, which will be great news for every single person that has Mohamed Salah in their team, but Leeds also looks okay. I think that defensively, Liverpool has some things that they need to work on. Van Dyke has some really interesting stats when it comes to his defensive capabilities that we're going to touch on a little bit later in the podcast. But in general, what an exciting game. You could have hoped for anything better on game week one of the season. To round out Saturday's action, we had Newcastle against West Ham. Kind of a game that flew a little bit under the radar. It wasn't shown on live television you had to show up and 
subscribe to Peacock if anybody understands what that is yet, just to see this game. Callum Wilson, it was nice to see him scoring for his new team in his first game. It's nice to see that Miguel Almiron has finally made that transition from the MLS to the Premier League, and he's popping up every now and again with goals and assists after taking so long to get running. If we move into Sunday, Leicester against West Brom, I don't think that there's anybody who would have seen West Brom pulling an upset here. Leicester ended up going 3-0 against West Brom, Jamie Vardy being the typical goal machine that he is, popping up with two goals of his own, getting some nice assists from James Justin, who is a great differential pick if you're looking up um, anybody that's going to be a great asset to your team. A nice, low-cost option is Justin for Leicester this season. On Sunday as well, we saw a nice little upset from Everton against Spurs. They ran out 1-0 winners. Dominic Calvert-Lewin pops up with a really, really nice headed goal. And Lucas Dean continued to be dangerous from the fullback position putting that assist in there with that great cross for Calvert-Lewin to head in past Hugo Lloris. I think that Spurs have a lot of work that they need to do if they're going to be taken seriously this season. We'll definitely talk about this a little bit more, but is Jose Mourinho going to last this whole season? We'll have to wait and find out. On Monday, to round out the action, of this first week of Premier League games. We had Wolves against Sheffield United. As much as it hurts my heart to see Sheffield United losing, Wolves were fantastic. Two goals within six minutes is something that's never been done in the Premier League before. Raul Jimenez continues to be a threat. What a great finish that he had. And we also had Roman Saiz with a very nice headed goal as well. To keep that clean sheet, and win their first game. Lastly, one of the more exciting games, and one of the teams that people are really, really anxious to see this season is Chelsea. We finally got to see what their lineup would look like with all of the new signings, got a glimpse of what Frank Lampard is thinking and how all of those players are going to fit in his squad. They ended up beating Brighton 3-1. I don't think it's too much of a surprise to expect that Chelsea should be beating teams like Brighton. But we finally got to see that infamous run-up and penalty-taking style from Jorginho. A little bit too reminiscent of Bruno Fernandes, if you will. But Jorginho on the score sheet, also popping up with an assist. We got to see Timo Werner supply an assist as well. And all in all, just a nice game and a typically good start from a team like Chelsea. Now let's talk about some takeaways from game week one. Personally, Arsenal's defense still looks a little bit shaky. I think that if anybody is going to be looked at from Arsenal, right now you have to be looking at Willian. Three assists from the first game is nothing to scoff at. I think that he's really making it hard for Nicolas Pepe to stake a claim in this team. I really think that William could potentially be someone to watch and someone that could be an undroppable pick in your fantasy Premier League squad this season. Fulham, on the other hand, 
there should probably be no one in the Fulham squad, aside from Alexander Mitrovic, that is even worth blinking at to put in your fantasy Premier League side this season. At least from game week one, their squad looked awful. Defensively, they were all over the place. They were not able to control anything in the midfield. And when it came to the limited number of chances that they ended up having against Arsenal, nothing really looked great. I think that Arsenal also didn't look awesome to first start off the season, but you will always have threats from Aubameyang, Lacazette, everybody that is playing up top for Arsenal. They seem to be loaded when it comes to goal-scoring chances. In goal, they do have Burnt Leno, who I think is a great choice, and he did end up with seven points so far from game week one. He's currently sitting third in total points for goalkeepers. Someone that will probably end up keeping Arsenal in a better spot than they deserve to be in, but that's only a testament to the ability that Burnt Leno has as a goalkeeper. When it came to Southampton, I think they generally looked poor. In a game that both teams didn't play well, Saints especially did not create much. They started to grow into the game in the second half, but ultimately it wasn't enough and they came out on the losing side of that game. When we look at Liverpool against Leeds, Leeds looked surprisingly decent. I think that Leeds could be a team that you should keep an eye on There are a couple people in that Leeds squad that might warrant a spot in a few weeks' time. Mateus Click, in general, he was really effective on the ball. Jack Harrison, he did great as well, especially assuming that he came from New York City FC in the MLS, making that transition into the Premier League, and having a really nice touch and finish past Allison. I think that Leeds will definitely be someone to watch, but as of right now, I think it's probably too early to start picking Leeds options to put inside of your fantasy Premier League squad. I think that Marcelo Bielsa continues to be a really strong tactician. I think that they were set up very well. There was obviously a lot of research that was done into the way that Liverpool play, the way that they are set up, and they had a great, great way of breaking Liverpool down, hitting them on the counterattack, and creating a lot of goal-scoring opportunities. I think that Liverpool got a little bit lucky with the amount of penalties in that game that they had. I think that there were great finishes, especially from Salah with his left foot on the edge of the box. Salah especially popping up with a hat trick that happened to save Liverpool, in my opinion. On any other given day, Leeds could have and should have came out of that game as the winning squad. One thing to take away from Liverpool is that their midfield looked like they were struggling. I'm not exactly sure what happened with them, but Wijnaldum didn't have a particularly great game. Henderson didn't have a particularly great game. And their defense was struggling every single time that Leeds had a counterattack and were trying to break them down tactically. Virgil van Dyke, I know that he ended up with a goal, but one of the things that I thought was particularly surprising was a stat that came up on the screen while I was watching Liverpool versus Leeds, and it was that no defender 
in the past couple years has had more errors leading to goals in the Premier League than Virgil van Dijk. He made two very high-profile errors in this game against Leeds that led to goals. His scuffed clearance that led to Patrick Banford chipping over Allison was nothing to write home about, and he just looked a little bit shaky. I know that he is a very, very powerful presence in that Liverpool back line, and this season he will pop up with a lot of goals just because of his stature and his ability to get on the end of crosses in opposition boxes. He is still a great option, and people should rightly look at him to be in their fantasy Premier League team because he is going to command that back line and organize that defense. He will score a few goals. He will likely chip in with an assist or two, but he is also error prone as we've seen. So one of my main concerns is that Liverpool might not keep as many clean sheets as we think for as good of a squad as they actually are. On the other hand, Leicester look good. Leicester look really good. Vardy is proving to still be as dangerous as ever. He popped up with two nice goals. He had a pretty quiet game, but he ended up on the score sheet twice, which is something that we've come to expect from him over past seasons. I think that he's still going to end up getting anywhere in that 15 to 20 goal a season range. I think he's going to not have any surprises. He is always as quick and as nimble And he's always going to show up at the end of crosses. He'll be in the box. He has great positions. He plays off the last defender constantly. So he'll be a great option for you when it comes to looking at any sort of strikers that are going to give you great returns. One person that hasn't been mentioned from Leeds enough, I think finally that might be a good option for a fantasy Premier League team, is Iosi Perez. I think that this season might be a great one for him. It looks like he's finally starting to settle in after his move from Newcastle. And I think after last season, not exactly hitting the heights that everybody thought he would, this might be the one where he gets a lot of goals, a lot of assists. He has great footwork, great technique, and I see him being a very high-scoring striker this season. Harvey Barnes also looks like a great option if he can stay in the team. If he ends up being in that starting 11 week in and week out, he could be an incredible pick, someone that's flying under the radar a little bit. He had so many opportunities in Leicester's game over the weekend that sooner rather than later, they will all be converted into goals and to assists. Mark my words. To talk about Everton briefly, I think that Everton is absolutely starting off on the right foot. I think that they are incredibly strong with their team. They have a great, consistent starting 11 that they put onto the field week in and week out. From Luca Dean as a fullback all the way up top, they will consistently get points throughout the season. Even if it doesn't translate into fantasy Premier League points, they are going to have a great season. I think they will absolutely be pushing into the top seven Hopefully, they will find themselves in Europa League places as the season progresses. I also think that James Rodriguez looked great on his first outing for Everton. We all know that James Rodriguez is a great player. He didn't have the best time at Real Madrid, but he chose to follow Carlo Ancelotti and make his way to Everton. 
and he's proven that his vision is still great, even if he's not the most observant person in the midfield. He doesn't have the speed that might be necessary for the Premier League. He can still pick a pass, and he'll probably end up with a lot of assists and hopefully a few set-piece goals as the season goes on. So now let's look at some of the top point getters from game week one. We'll start with goalkeepers. With the top points in the goalkeeping spot in game week one, you have Vincente Guaita from Crystal Palace. One of the things that I noticed from Guaita in game week one is that he's an incredibly confident goalkeeper. He has great skills, great reaction times, and if you look at his fantasy Premier League price, he's only $5 million. $5 million puts him right on par with Aaron Ramsdale who I currently have in my squad. But for me, it's going to be somebody that I look to maybe make a switch on. Guaita has a very favorable run of fixtures coming up. Next week, he does happen to go to Manchester United, so clean sheets might be hard to come by in that case. But after that, he goes to Everton, which could be a little bit favorable, seeing how Crystal Palace played in their first game. After that, he goes to Chelsea. But after that, Game week 5 to game week 13, Crystal Palace have a pretty nice run of games that you could hopefully see Guaita making a whole bunch of saves and keeping a few clean sheets that he hopefully maintains his top spot in the goalkeeper leaderboards. Behind Guaita, you have Jordan Pickford for Everton. As I mentioned before, Everton had a very strong start to the season, keeping a clean sheet, keeping spurs off of the board. Jordan Pickford also popped up with five assists, or five saves rather, and one bonus point. I think that Jordan Pickford has something that he needs to prove this season, and I really think that he could end up having a great season with a lot of clean sheets, especially the way that Everton's side is taking shape, and I think that he could be a very, very valuable pick, also at $5 million, to compete with Guaita and be towards the top in terms of points when it comes to goalkeepers this season for Fantasy Premier League. If we move now to defenders, Gabriel from Arsenal, he's leading, tied with Roman Saiz from Wolves, but Gabriel definitely made a strong start to his Arsenal career. If we take a look at him, he played the full 90 minutes, ended up with a clean sheet, came out with three bonus points, got his goal, and I think he could bring some very much needed stability to the Arsenal back line. I think that Arsenal was crying out for a very strong central defender, especially after all of the criticism that David Luiz and Socrates and Mustafi got last season. Gabriel seems to be a very solid pickup, and I think that he will thrive under Mikel Arteta at Arsenal. Roman Saiz for Wolves, he also had a great first week, played a full 90 minutes, had 15 points, a clean sheet, popped up with a goal, and got three bonus points. Saiz, last season, he played 2,700 minutes of football, which is not, not terrible. He also only had two goals and two assists. So if you're thinking about having him in your squad consistently, he might be one that you want to keep an eye on, maybe not commit to him immediately, but he is definitely someone to watch moving forward. 
If Nuno decides to keep him in the squad, he could de- he could end up being very solid defensively for Wolves, especially after the game against Sheffield United, who were very solid defensively themselves last season. Wolves looked very good, and I think that starting off, they're really doing things the right way. Next, next week, they are going to go to Manchester City, and we're going to see how well they stand up against Manchester City's attack. Maybe not a clean sheet there. But after that, from game week three to game week seven, they are facing people like West Ham, Fulham, Leeds, Newcastle, Crystal Palace. I think that Roman Saiz, if he does stay in the squad, could be someone that you want to look at and maybe bring into the squad if you don't currently have him. If we move into midfielders, midfielders are where I think everybody is going to thrive this season. I think you really need to have a strong midfield in your team if you want to end up in the top percentage of everyone that is playing this fantasy Premier League game. And starting with that, we need to talk about Mo Salah. Mo Salah has been a top point getter in the fantasy Premier League game for the last couple seasons. He's leading the pack with points with 20 over Willian. Mo Salah had a hat trick in his first game. He ended up with three bonus points. He played a full 90 minutes. I think that if you choose to have Mohamed Salah in your team, you will not regret it. He is going to get you points. He is going to get you goals. He will get you assists. And if you look at Liverpool's schedule, it is also favorable. I think that it does not matter if they are playing other top four contenders. They won the league last year. They have an incredible squad. Whether or not you shy away from Liverpool defense, which is a completely different conversation, their strikers will always get you goals. Mohamed Salah always seems to grab the game by the scruff of its neck and put balls into the back of the net. Next season, we don't know what's going to happen. Next game, we know that Chelsea is coming to town and whether or not they have fully gelled yet with all the new signings, we'll see. I think that Mohamed Salah is a great choice if you do have him. I think that also on the other side, Sadio Mane is going to get you a lot of goals if you choose to go that route. At this point, though, Mohamed Salah is great. There is a reason that he is selected by over a quarter of the players in Fantasy Premier League this season. Behind Mohamed Salah, there are three people tied for second in terms of points. You have Willian, you have Jeff Hendrick from Newcastle, and you have Jorginho from Chelsea. I think that Chelsea might have made a mistake by letting Willian go. I know that they wanted to get new signings in there. They wanted to have a whole new look. They thought that Willian was getting a little bit old. But it just goes to show you that Willian is still a great player. He's very creative. He plays out on the wing, and he is always going to pop up in good positions. He will supply great balls to your attackers. And nothing is more evident with that than seeing him pop up with three assists in the first game week. He also ended up with two two bonus points, played 74 minutes, and got his very nice clean sheet. There are 14.5% of players in the Fantasy Premier League this season that have William in their team, and I'm sure for that low of a percentage, all of those people are happy that they got a very, very nice return out of William. Jeff Hendrick, on the other hand, who's tied with William, also ended up with 14 points this week, played a full 90. Last year, he didn't have a a whole lot of game time, 
played less than 2,000 minutes in the Premier League, only had two goals, two assists, but he's starting off really strong. Against West Ham, he had a goal and an assist, already halfway to matching his tallies from last season, and he's only listed at $5 million. Next week, they have Brighton. I think after his performance this past week, he's definitely going to keep his starting spot. I could see him getting some returns against Brighton. But after that, Newcastle go to Tottenham. Burnley, who's been very, very tough to break down defensively in past seasons. And then Manchester United and Wolves. So don't let it fool you that Jeff Hendrick could be an essential option. I know he is a cheap option, and he is currently topping the leaderboards with the likes of Salah and Willian, but I don't think that he is an option that needs to be in your team currently. If we look at the forwards, no surprises here. Jamie Vardy is leading points for the strikers, currently on 13, with the next closest being 8. Jamie Vardy did have a great game. Had two goals, kept a clean sheet, ended up on three bonus points as well. If you look at his previous seasons, he's always playing 3,000 plus minutes of Premier League football, and he's going to get you 15 to 20 goals a season, guaranteed. Whether or not it's guaranteed, I'm guaranteeing it now, so you can take that to the bank. (laughs) I think that he did play well. He was a little bit quiet. West Brom looked like a surprise package, if you will. It's nobody knows too much about them yet. I don't know how effective they're going to be, but they seem to play okay against Leicester and Leicester, especially being a team that was a little bit hard to break down last year. They really had a great season until the end where they missed out on some of the top places. I think that Jamie Vardy is still a great option. There's a reason that he's selected by so many teams in fantasy premier league. If you have him, I would highly advocate for you to stick with him. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a player that I mentioned in last week's podcast. I think that he is going to continue to be a great option. He played 88 minutes this past game. He had eight points, finished with two bonus points, popped up with a goal, a really nice header from Luca Dean's cross. I think that he has a lot to capitalize on. If you look at his previous seasons, he's done nothing but play more and more and more. He's gotten more goals every single season that he's been in the Premier League, and I don't think there's any reason that he will be slowing down. He's a great option. He's a good budget pick at $7 million. Could be someone that's very useful to have in your squad. Callum Wilson. Enjoying his new club, no doubt, in Newcastle. He started off strong with a goal, playing a full 90 minutes almost. The only thing that I can say about Callum Wilson is that he plays for Newcastle. Newcastle is not a great team overall. Whether or not Steve Bruce is a good manager, the jury is still out on that. I think that Callum Wilson is a great striker. The fact that he keeps getting picked up by solid teams is a testament to that He is very good at what he does. Next week, Newcastle go to Brighton. I think that Callum Wilson has a great chance of scoring against Brighton. That is a a game where these two teams are very evenly matched. But after that, the same that I mentioned earlier. Tottenham next, Burnley after that, Manchester United after that, Wolves after them. There's a a run of fixtures there where Newcastle are not going to have a lot of chances to score and go forward. Callum Wilson could be very isolated and not have a lot of goal-scoring opportunities. 
He is priced very well at six and a half million. I think if anything, you should look to bring him in after game week six, when their fixtures start to get a little bit less congested, they start to play people that are a little bit more on their level. And Callum Wilson will most likely be able to play some sort of free flowing football and get some great opportunities to score. Tied on eight points with Callum Wilson, we have Raul Jimenez. I advocated a lot for Raul Jimenez in the first podcast. I think that's because he's going to have an amazing season. Wolves looked great. Whatever Nuno Espirito Santo is doing with Wolves, it is working. He needs to keep it up. Wolves look great. They have that nice core of Portuguese players that are really willing them forward. I think that Raul Jimenez is going to pop up with a lot of goals, much like last season. The first season he was ever in the Premier League, he ended up with 13 goals and 10 assists. He followed that up with 17 goals and 7 assists last season, and he's already off the mark this first game with a goal and a clean sheet. And if you look at the fixtures, next week they go to Manchester City, but Last year, you'll remember that Wolves pulled a really great upset on Manchester City. Wolves are not afraid of anyone. I wouldn't look at fixtures and make a judgment on any Wolves player at all because they are so comfortable in the system that they play. They know what they are capable of. They do not back down from anyone. They bring the best that they have every single week, and Jimenez is a big part of that. I think that, again, him and Adama Traore will continue to have big seasons, and they are definitely off on the right foot in game week one. Next, I want to talk about how my team did this week. But before we get into it, let's have a word from this week's sponsor for this episode. So now let's take a look at my team. I didn't do as well as I thought I was going to do. I knew I wasn't going to do great, but I still thought there was a little bit of chance that I could have done better. I ended up on 47 points for this week, and the average points for everybody in this game was 50. Starting off with Aaron Ramsdale, I really wish he would have done better game week one. He looked a little bit shaky in his first game against Wolves. I know that Wolves are a strong team, but I really thought with the, cal- the quality that he had, he would have done a little bit better for me. Might be something that I need to think about moving forward, but for me, I think he could be a set and forget. And the way that Sheffield United play, I'm going to give them a couple weeks, especially with them coming up against Aston Villa and Leeds in the next two game weeks. I think I need to give him some time to prove why Sheffield United signed him in the first place. Defensively, I did well. I know that I chose some great options in my defensive line. Andy Robertson did pop up with an assist. He had a really nice set piece that ended up in a goal, and he ended up getting me four points. Would have been more. I expected a clean sheet out of Liverpool when it came to them playing Leeds, but as we know and as we talked about, Leeds looked fantastic. They ended up putting three past Liverpool, which I don't think anyone could have predicted, but still, Andy Robertson goes to show you that he still has a great set piece on him and much like Trent Alexander-Arnold will continue to be a great option moving forward. Connor Cody for Wolves got me two bonus points and a clean sheet ended up with eight points a very very strong performance from him as well. 
I specifically remember he had a great tackle with a one-on-one player coming into the box from Sheffield United and gave me a little bit more faith into why I picked him. Sayunshu from Leicester, again, had a great game, kept me a clean sheet, ended up with six points. No bonus points for him, but that is okay. And then Bernardo, (laughs) oh, Bernardo from Brighton, didn't play at all, didn't even make the bench, had no option at all for him to get any sort of points, so he gave me a big fat zero in my squad. But I knew that I needed to play him because everybody else had a blank game week. Harry Maguire would have been in his place, but unfortunately Manchester United did not play last week. But I like to think if they did, I probably would have got some points out of Maguire from being in the starting lineup at the very least. In my midfield, I had three. I started with Ollie Burke for Sheffield United. Once again, did not even make it onto the field. Gave me a grand total of zero points. Had a grand total of zero minutes played. Did not give me anything. I really think that Chris Wilder probably should have put Ollie Burke on the field at some point, especially when they went one goal down. They were two goals down within six minutes. Ollie Burke could have given them another option, somebody that was quick, somebody that's pacey, somebody that is tricky, somebody that could have potentially created a few goal-scoring opportunities for Sheffield United. Instead, they opted for David McGoldrick, who I do not fault because he's been there longer. He is a great player, but I don't think that it was necessarily the right move from Chris Wilder. But hey, I'm not a manager in the Premier League. What my opinion is does not matter. So I got zero points from Ollie Burke. Luckily, I did have my captain's armband on Aubameyang. Aubameyang came in with a clean sheet and a goal scored. No bonus points, but I did get 14 points from him because I had the captain's armband on him. Seven points to start off game week one. Not bad. I will keep him in my team The entire season, I know that he will consistently get me goals and assists. That is a no-brainer. Alan St. Maximin from Newcastle. He ended up with three points. He did have a clean sheet. That helped me a lot. No bonus points at all. But three points, first game week, not terrible. He is selected by over 21% of the people playing Fantasy Premier League. I think that there is a reason for that. I think that he will continue to pop up in unorthodox ways. He will show up with some goals and assists. And even if he doesn't, he's going to be a fun player to watch. My strikers did a little bit worse than I was expecting. Raul Jimenez for me ended up with those eight points, got me a couple bonus points, clean sheet, goal scored, 90 minutes played. Definitely one that I'm keeping in here. Danny Ings, Southampton looked a little bit poor in my opinion, especially playing against a team like Crystal Palace. I know that Roy Hodgson is a good manager. He's not a mastermind by any means, but he did put a great team out to play against Southampton, and they ended up getting the win. So I think the Danny Ings will still be one to watch. I will keep him in my squad before I make any sort of knee-jerk choices and I transfer him out for somebody else that happens to be hot right now. It is only game week one. I will not be one of those managers that wild cards immediately and then waste it when some other people that are playing well deserve to be in my squad. I'm going to hold on to my chips. 
Danny Ings, especially with Southampton, they have a good run of fixtures coming up. I think that Tottenham is struggling currently, and I think Southampton does have a good chance to score against them in game week two. After that, they go to Burnley. They go to West Brom after that. I think Danny Ings could get off to a good start. I wouldn't say that game week one is anything to write home about, anything to set your team in stone with. I think that Danny Ings is still going to be a good option, especially after the way that he played last season. So I'm going to keep him in here, even though he didn't have a great return for the first week. Lastly, I have Alexander Mitrovic. He only got me one point. He only played 27 minutes for Fulham. I really wish that he would have started this game. I think that he could have brought something against Arsenal that Fulham lacked. Even with Fulham not playing super great, I think Alexander Mitrovic is always going to be that physical presence that pops up with headed goal chances and gets into the box. I think that he's still going to be a good choice. And Fulham moving forward, they have Leeds next, so that'll be a repeat of a game they've played in the championship last season at least a few times. It should be more open, more end-to-end. I think Mitrovic will probably pop up with a goal if I had to bet on it in game week two. He's also going up against Aston Villa in game week three. Another great chance for him to score. I think that eventually you're going to start seeing some returns from Alexander Mitrovic, and that's why I'm going to keep him in my squad. For this week coming up, I finally have every team ready to play. There is nobody missing any weeks. So my starting lineup is going to be as such. In goal, I have Aaron Ramsdale playing Aston Villa. I think a great chance for Sheffield United to bounce back and keep a clean sheet. Aaron Ramsdale definitely needs to prove himself, make a couple saves. And I think Sheffield United will get the best of Villa and Ramsdale will hopefully end up with a clean sheet. Andy Robertson with Liverpool goes to Chelsea. I think that that'll be a great game. I don't know if there will be any clean sheets there, but I will be keeping an eye on Robertson getting at least a goal or an assist. I know that his set pieces are great. His delivery is great. So I'm hoping if there is no clean sheet, he will pop up with at least some points from an assist. Suyunchu is going up against Burnley. Uh, I think that Leicester definitely has a little bit more firepower in their squad. I think that they will end up beating Burnley. I can see a clean sheet happening here. I'm very confident with Siunchu in my starting lineup. Harry Maguire is going to start with Manchester United and get their season underway. We go to Crystal Palace. Regardless of Crystal Palace getting a win last last week, I think that Manchester United is going to continue with the strong defensive form that they had from last season. And I'm fully expecting a clean sheet here from Harry Maguire captain of the squad, puts all of his summer antics behind him. I think that we end up with a clean sheet there and at least six points from Harry Maguire. Newcastle, I have Alan St. Maximan going to Brighton. I think Newcastle versus Brighton will be great. Hopefully he has the option for getting on the score sheet or getting an assist. I think Newcastle playing a team like Brighton, there's definitely a possibility. Arsenal, I have my captain on Aubameyang still. Arsenal is going to West Ham. I think that Arsenal will definitely be too much for West Ham. Aubameyang looks great. He has to be confident after signing a new contract with Arsenal. He's going to want to go out there and justify his price tag, justify the raise that he's getting. I could see him popping up with a few goals as well. To continue with Manchester United in my midfield, I have Marcus Rashford. I think Rashford is poised for another great season as well. Him against Crystal Palace, I think that he'll have too much pace, too much skill, and I can expect at least a goal or an assist from Martial in this game. 
My last midfielder that I'm starting with is Riyad Mahrez. I think that there is a question mark about whether or not he starts. He is going to be one of those players that I mentioned in last week's podcast. He's going to be a little bit frustrating. You'll never know if he starts. You'll never know if he'll be on the bench. Will Pep bring him on for the last 20 minutes? You never know. One thing you do know is that he will give you points. He will always deliver solid points. He's been over 100 points in Fantasy Premier League since he's been in the Premier League starting back in 2014. Last season, he ended up on 175 points without even playing 2,000 minutes of football. I think as frustrating as you might be, he is essential, at least for me, to have in my squad, and I'm going to stick him in the midfield and make sure that he starts. Up top, I'm going to leave Mitrovic, Jimenez, and Ings together. Ings is playing Tottenham. After seeing Tottenham, I was not super convinced by them, so I think Danny Ings has a chance to score. Raul Jimenez against Man City. I know that Wolves will never back down from a fight, and they will always give any team everything that they have to offer, which makes me think that Raul Jimenez could more than likely provide a goal or an assist in that game. And as I mentioned previously, Mitrovic will be going up against Leeds, Fulham against Leeds, a repeat of last season in the championship. I think Mitrovic gets the start here. At least I'm cautiously optimistic that he will. And I'm going to leave him in my lineup because I think he will pop up with at least one headed goal. And that's my starting lineup for next week. I'm hoping that it gives me a little bit more points in the first week. I want to hopefully crack into that under 1 million spot in Fantasy Premier League because as of right now, I'm currently at 2.9 million overall, and that is just not good enough. Finally, let's look ahead to game week two. It's so nice, once again, to have the Premier League back in full swing. We finally have every single team playing. Starting off on Saturday, we have Everton against West Brom. I think Everton will continue to be strong, and I can expect a victory out of Everton this game week too. Leeds against Fulham, that's kind of a toss-up. If it's anything to go off of, I think Leeds will end up getting the better of Fulham, especially with Fulham looking so poor in their first week. My personal favorite that I'm looking forward to is Saturday, Manchester United against Crystal Palace. I want to see how Manchester United start. I think that they will end up getting the better of Crystal Palace, and I can expect a first-week victory out of the United squad with especially Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial continuing on their strong form from last season. Arsenal versus West Ham rounds out Saturday. I think Arsenal will get the better of West Ham. Arsenal... Looked okay, but I want to see if they can continue to capitalize on everything good that Mikel Arteta is doing for that squad. If we move into Sunday, we have Southampton against Spurs. Spurs should look to bounce back. I think that they need to continue to play a little bit better if they're hoping to end up in a top four spot this season. I think Spurs has a lot to prove. I think that they'll probably end up beating Southampton. Newcastle against Brighton. Kind of an anything game. I think that that'll be one to keep an eye on. You might get some odd points here and there from anybody that you have in your squad from Brighton or Newcastle, but it's not anything that I'm super looking forward to. Chelsea versus Liverpool, definitely the marquee game 
of Sunday. I think Liverpool has a little bit that they need to do in terms of their defense, and Chelsea should have hopefully under their belt one week of getting all their new signings to play together. They'll have an extra week of training where they can get Kai Havertz and Timo Werner and everybody on the same page. Werner especially looked a little bit dangerous in their first week, so I might expect him to get his first goal for Chelsea in this game. Leicester against Burnley. Leicester, can, you can continue to expect good things from them. I think that Leicester will end up getting the better of Burnley in this one. And then if we move into Monday, Aston Villa against Sheffield United. Aaron Ramsdale really needs to prove something and needs to justify that price tag that Sheffield United put on him over the summer. I think we can expect Sheffield United to get a win over Aston Villa. Lastly, our last game on Monday is going to be Manchester City against Wolves. I think Wolves really, really have a good shot of upsetting Manchester City here. I think that City is a great team. There's no doubting it. They have incredible players. They've spent a lot of money perfecting their squad. But I think Wolves does it right. Under Nuno Espirito Santo, that Portuguese core that they have, he has them playing 100% week in and week out. I think based on toughness alone, Wolves can end up getting the better of City. But we'll keep an eye on it. It's going to be definitely a great week. The Premier League seems to be getting stronger every single year. Every team is doing great recruiting. They're buying better and better players, and anybody can beat anybody on any week. That is the magic of the Premier League. I'm so excited, and I really hope that we are going to get a great round two of games, and I hope you all are happy with the way that your squads are set up, and we will be in next week to talk about it on the podcast and see how everybody is doing. Thank you all for tuning in to The Differential, Episode 2. I hope that you all have a great and prosperous weekend watching this game that we love so much. I hope that your team does as well as you think they should. I hope you get the results that you are looking for. I hope that your team is set up strong and proper. And I will see you back here next week to talk about the results from game week two, who is catching your eye, and people to start looking at moving in for the rest of this season.